1: I'm dead I
2: Good morning everyone. It's so great to see you, so great to hear the community that's happening right now in this place. It's just wonderful to be part of the body of Christ. And uh, we wanted to open up thinking about how wonderful our Savior is. Colossians 1:15 to 18 says, He is the image And he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Let's praise our great Savior, Jesus Christ.
1: death and grave. They were like mountains that stood in our way.
2: But he came, and he died, and he rose. Those giants are dead now. And
1: this is our God, and this is who he is. He loves us. And this is our God, and this is what he does. He saves us. Bore the cross, beat the grave, let heaven and earth proclaim, this is our God, King Jesus.
3: no I'm supposed to be saying that (laughs) okay take a seat please hola buenos dias Calimera good morning how are you today well my name is Alfredo Rodriguez pastor of Fuente de Vida and it's really a pleasure for you to see me here oh wait (laughs) it's really a pleasure for us to see you here today especially if you're new with us today this morning if you say I'm going to worship God with anybody new here Come on. Steve, raise your hand, Steve. <laughs> well, if you're new with us, but you're just too shy to, lift, to raise your hand, uh, tell you what, there's an, uh, in, right in front of you on your seat, there's three envelopes. One of them is, uh, has the new. You can fill this out and give it to the, um, take it or take it to the star here booth outside. And if you do, they'll give you a coupon for a free coffee. Hey, now you're raising your hand. No, it's too late. It's too late. <laughs> this coffee is for me. Also, uh, if there's a need for prayer, there's a, another uh, card that you can fill out. Uh, and also, you can either put in the offering or, or give it to one of the elders. Because like, we would like to pray for your need and, and, and um, be with you during, uh, for prayer. And this goes to the elders and the pastors as well. So take advantage of this uh, for your prayer needs. And also, there's a card for giving, which you can do it online, or you can do it, do it through uh, the envelope. I just have two announcements with for you today, or three. One of them is the um, bapt, oh, the uh, baptism class is gonna be taking care, uh, it's gonna be done on November 5th, next Sunday after, sur- after the uh, second service, or during the second service, 11 to 12, 15. Now, if you haven't, if you already received Jesus in your heart as your Lord and Savior. Well, baptism is the next step, okay? This is what you're supposed to do uh, in obedience to God. So if you haven't done it, uh, please take advantage of the class and you will learn why do you need to be baptized. and and the reasons why we do it. You have to take the class to be baptized here at the church, because we we want you to understand. And also, you can tell people the reason why you're getting baptized. This class is for everybody, all ages, except infants. okay? Uh, But uh, uh, all of you are welcome to come in. The baptisms will be done on November 22nd, during the uh, Thanksgiving service, on Wednesday 22nd, during the Thanksgiving service. So it's a great opportunity for you to come and, and get baptized during that time. Second announcement is the uh, town hall for the, uh, the elders and the effort to have better communication between the elders, the pastors, and the church, all of you. Uh, the elders will be hosting a town hall meeting on, yeah, also November next week. It's next Sunday at from three to five. There, you need to come in. You need to come to the meeting because there you can ask why. You can ask how. You can ask when to them, not to me. And then you can ask them, hey, how much is going to be? So you can ask the questions, but uh, the elders are going to be talking about or give you an update about the um, process with the pastoral church, see how they're doing. And, um, well, that's the communication that they want to give. So please come in next next Sunday. So take the class and then come to the town hall meeting. All right? It's going to be here uh, at this uh, our team both this year and in 2024. Thank you very much and the Lord bless you.
2: Our giving moment, if it comes up, is from James 1, 17 and 18. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of all his creation. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are the one who gives us everything that is good. We thank you, God, and we praise you. We, again, give back to you from what you've given us that is good in all areas of life, including our finances. And we love you, Lord. Please be exalted with what we do and give. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and worship our great Savior. You. We thank you that we can trust you. We thank you that we can follow you. We thank you that in everything you have it. So we say, It is well with me. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated.
0: Thank you, Trinity Church. It is so good to be back with you. Uh, it's nice to be on my feet. Surgery went well. I want to... Uh, Bill is actually going to be sharing with us this morning. You may be aware of that already. Uh, the series was intended to end last week. But as Bill and I talked, we realized this is such a significant series in the life of our church. We, we just felt we needed to go one more week, plus it gave me another week to get this going. So I I just wanted to take a couple minutes before Bill comes and shares uh, for for two things. First of all, uh, Lisa and I just really want to thank you for your persistent prayers. I know from the moment surgery began, you guys were praying for us, and it's just sustained us, and we're so thankful that you guys are a praying church. And we also want to thank you for the stampede of well-wishing cards. And uh, the, uh, gosh, the cards that we got, after a while, it was like, all right, find a new place to put them. Uh, it was just so encouraging, and they all came at just the right moment. So thank you for, uh, for doing that for us, and for the many meals, gosh, uh, meal cards and meals that were brought over. I thought I gained about 20 pounds. I found out this morning I only lost one, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Surgery will do that to you. Uh, the second thing I wanted to do before Bill come is, is just thank he and Jared for doing such a great job on this intentional relationship. Yes, thank you. And I, I want to take a moment and urge each one of us to, to view this, uh, this series of sermons not as a one and done. A lot of times as we go through the year, we have sermon series, and we get done with one, and we're on to the next, and and we really don't want that to happen with this series because these messages... Uh, Described the biblical, everyday life of every Christian. This is what God is calling us to. And and as as you notice up on the screen, we'll have in just a minute, the slide that Bill put together, and this is what every believer is brought into. So we're called into fellowship with God in the body of Christ, right? That's a very basic starting point. And we're called into uh, living our Christian lives like Jesus lived his life. Uh, But we're also called to sacrifice Uh, Bill talked about that last week, and today he's talking about how we are called to good works. So just as an oak tree, a thriving oak tree, eventually develops all four of those branches, every thriving Christian should eventually grow into every one of those branches. And I think the challenge for us today in America, for American Christianity, uh, is that we have watered down a little bit what it means to follow Jesus Christ. And for many American Christians, they are very happy with the first two. This is a great place to be. We're called into fellowship. We're called to be like Jesus. But it's very difficult today for Christians in America today to move into the third and fourth branches of Christianity. And, uh, and we find it very challenging. And, and honestly, that kind of Christianity is a, a challenging place to be because it's self-deceptive. This is the full range of what God has called us to, and I find it so interesting in the New Testament, that uh, the label Christian was not in anyone's vocabulary during the lifetime of Jesus. Nobody used that word Christian. In fact, it isn't until Acts 11:26 26, it says that the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. And so everything before that is really this stuff right here. This is what Jesus called his, his um, followers to, uh, to be a... Uh, follower of jesus christ and and so jesus never called himself a christian he never called any of his followers a christian he said you guys are disciples and and jesus speaks into this uh, this reality for us today in a modern american christianity sense in luke 12, 14 25. and he simply says this one day when large crowds of people were walking along with him so you got to picture this huge mass of people we don't know the number but it's a large group of people that was usually three or Uh, More thousand people. And they're walking with him, and Jesus turns and, and he says to them, Anyone who comes to me but refuses to let go of father, mother, spouse, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even one's own self, can't be my disciple. Anyone who won't shoulder his own cross and follow behind me can't be my disciple. So, do you hear the third and fourth branches in that? The first two are so welcoming and encouraging. They build us up, they cause us to be like Jesus but it's the last two that we really want to hone in as, as Christians here at Trinity, uh, to be sacrificial, to be people who do good works. So as we wrap up this series today, here's the question I want us to ask. Don't let the crackling take your attention. <laughs> here's the question I think Jesus has for us. Are you a disciple of Jesus? Are you following him and engaged in intentional relational discipleship? Is this your pattern of walking with Jesus? All four of these branches. I pray that you are. And and by the way, you will know that you are if as you grow in Jesus Christ, these four branches uh, flow out of your life in a very significant way. So as Bill comes to wrap up uh, this series this morning, I'm going to ask us to pray. And uh, let's listen carefully to what he has to say about this last branch of our following Jesus Christ, doing good works. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege of being back here at Trinity. Uh, Thank you for the work you are doing among us in calling our hearts into this intentional relationship with you and your people in the world. And we pray, Father, that uh, this message would not only resonate in our thoughts uh, for a long time, Father, that we would continue to revisit it But, Father, as we continue to hone our ministries to be intentional relationship uh, discipleship centers, that we really make this the focus of Trinity going forward. It's the refocusing and renewal of what we've believed in for years, for decades. But, God, as we renew it, may this be something we see happening around us uh, and not just in our hearts. So, God, we pray that you would empower Bill to speak to us. We thank you for the ministry he has among us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Doug.
4: I um, feel so privileged to be able to uh, dive in a little bit deeper on this last branch of discipleship, of bearing fruit. Uh, We've been called to bear fruit, and it's kind of humbling to speak on that as I look out into this uh, group of people. I see so many of you who are bearing fruit, um, who your lives are devoted to serving the Lord, and it's a beautiful thing. And uh, I just want, I I think the Lord wants to encourage us today, that we would be encouraged in in this aspect of worship, of a life that glorifies God by bearing fruit. And um, I was thinking about this in my own life. It's been on my heart's desire since I was a teenager uh, to do this because I saw my parents doing it. And... um, I can remember as a young dad, I was working one day, I was building a play set with my son, for my son. And as I was building that, I have this beautiful picture that he's just intently watching me work. Just a beautiful picture of the first step of discipleship, right? Just that modeling and just watching. And I remember during that process of building that play set, I was working with my dad. I was working with my father-in-law. And it just hit me, man, this is what God has created me for. For this role of investing in the life of my children. And that in some way building this playset was the Lord's work. And I I was thinking about that. And I was new here at Trinity Church. And I was just delighting in this role and growing into this role of pastoring. And and I was delighting in that, that work. And my wife and I were, uh, we were foster care. We were moving towards adoption. And I remember just delighting in that work that God had called me to. And so I just kept every, every day I was thinking of one of the scriptures we're going to be talking about today. And I just realized this is what it's all about. And uh, it was kind of a, re, a renewal in my life of that. I am by no means an expert In this topic, but I know that my greatest joy in life is not only knowing God, but it's in being involved in His work. And that's what we're talking about today. So, we're gonna start in the scriptures with a prayer. This is in the book of Colossians, uh, right before the prayer, right before the scripture that Sharon read to open our service. And so, I'm gonna invite you to turn there. It's Colossians 1 verse 9, and uh, uh, we're going to be looking at this verse because it really makes the link into uh, bearing fruit and how we bear fruit, because that's what the fourth branch of discipleship is. And so Paul is talking to these new believers in the city of Colossae, and he's basically saying he's rejoicing in the way that they heard the gospel, which is how discipleship begins. And he says it's bearing fruit in your life. And he says it's bearing fruit in the entire world. As this gospel is going forth, it's bearing fruit. That's the context of this scripture. And then he begins to pray for them. And he prays that they would bear fruit by doing good works. And so we have this link. So our first, uh, our first uh, point in the notes today is we bear fruit... By doing good works. We bear fruit by doing good works. Bearing fruit is not a passive thing. It's active. We talked about the, the bearing fruit of the fruit of the spirit, the character and, of God. As we become like Jesus, that that work is mainly putting ourselves in the right environment. right? It's spending time with Jesus. It's spending time with people. It's being in his word. So that work is what transforms us to be like Christ, but this is now talking about actually living and doing work with Jesus. This is an active branch of discipleship. So here's how Paul begins. This is Colossians 1, verse 9. And so from the day we heard, we've not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. And then my scriptures has a colon, a, a colon there, right? Here's how we're fully pleasing to Him. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for the in all endurance and patience with joy giving thanks to the father who's qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins While well, all four of the branches of discipleship are in this prayer. I find it fascinating that the first thing that, that Paul lists is the way that we walk worthy of our Lord is, to, is in bearing fruit through every good work. He must have had in mind um, the, this what we talked about two weeks ago, that bearing fruit comes from abiding in Jesus, from knowing Jesus. And that's what he says, that we also are growing in the knowledge of him. So as we grow in our knowledge of Jesus, so we also should be growing in this bearing fruit through every good work. So notice, though, that Paul articulates at the end of this the gospel. And this is super important, is that we cannot talk about bearing fruit and good works apart from the gospel. It is a gospel of grace it is a gospel of the love of the Lord that is lavished on his people regardless of anything we've ever done to please him. It starts with the gospel, and good works flow out of that. We're going to see that today. So I love the way he says, this is one of my favorite synopses of the gospel. There are so many of them. This is a beautiful one. It says that he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, right? The forgiveness of sins. So what we see here is that we've been redeemed. And what Paul's talking about is the purpose. Why did God do this? And so working our way backwards, back up this passage, we see three things. Number, number one is probably what comes to mind when you think of the message of salvation, right? It says in verse 12, we're redeemed for an inheritance with God's people in heaven, right? Isn't that what we think about? We become saved, we're no longer going to hell, we are going to heaven. It's true. And and the Apostle Paul says, give thanks because our hope is, of eternity is secure because of what Christ has done. We have been redeemed, our sins are forgiven, we're in. But look at, if we go back up to verse 10, we're also redeemed to grow in the knowledge of God. When we're saved, we probably barely know God, we've heard about Him, and and we've been drawn to faith in Him, but we're at the beginning of actually coming to know Him. And so we grow in the knowledge of God, And then the third purpose is what we're talking about today. We are redeemed for the good work that God has yet to do in this earth. That we're not just redeemed to sit around and do whatever we want until we go to heaven. That is not the call of Jesus. We're missing his purpose if we miss the call to bear fruit through every good work. And so what I put here in my notes is God did not just save us for heaven but also to join in his purposes on earth. And that's what we're talking about today. So there's this need in verse 13 and 11 to be strengthened with all power. Why do we need the strength? Right? According to his glorious might, it's not my strength, it's his. For all endurance and patience with joy, it's because we've got work to do. And we need his power to do it. And we need his strength to endure some of the challenges of that third branch of of suffering and sacrifice that are going to exist as we walk with the Lord. So we've got work to do. And uh, the first point today is that we bear fruit through doing the Lord's work, right? Through every good work. So we want to focus on this call to bear fruit, And what we need to determine then is what is the Lord's work, right? What are those good works that that we should be doing with our lives? And this is really exciting. Um, Jared, last week, he pointed out in his message, his last uh, point was that we make disciples by doing the Lord's work together. So what we're looking at today is really what are we supposed to be doing? What is the Lord's work? This is the purpose of the church, Jesus teaches his disciples that his purpose for all believers is to actually continue to do his work in the world. And we looked at this a couple weeks ago. I want to draw your attention back to it. It's in John 14. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So Jesus tells his disciples in this passage that that they, along with every believer, everyone who believes in his name, they continue, we continue to do the Lord's work. It's worth noting here that And we're going to come back to this later, that the Lord's work is done first and foremost through prayer. Do you see that in that passage? That he comes right out of that and he says, ask me anything in my name and I will do it. So what we really see is that God continues to do his work through us. So he's saying, ask me and I will continue to do my work through you. And so we're going to come back to that. But in this way, who's doing the work? Jesus is doing the work, isn't he? Now he's going to use us, so there is work to do. But it's really an important perspective in our life, in our work, that Jesus is doing it when I'm asking him. This isn't left up to me. Because apart from him, I can do nothing, right? That's what we looked at in John 15. So, what is Jesus? What kind of work does, did Jesus do that he wants us to continue? And um, I, I wonder if you think about that for a second. What kind of work did Jesus do? I, I want to literally hear you yell out answers. What was Jesus' work? Healing. Healing. What else? Teaching. Teaching. Casting, out Casting out demons. Say that again? Carpentry, okay. I love that you went to the first uh, 30 years of his life, right? Carpentry. What else was Jesus' work? Teaching, praying, salvation, right? The the cross was kind of the everything his purpose was for is that redemption through the forgiveness of sins that we talked about. Forgiving. Making disciples, forgiving. for forgiving, being disciples. So. You guys, this is true. So when we say what the Lord's work is, it's, it's really expansive, right? But I want to look at this one because this is what we're talking about is making disciples. So Jesus' work is the work of making disciples. That was his primary work of his ministry, right? His three years of work before the cross was making disciples, wasn't it? And this is just beautiful. Um, We have this prayer in John 17. And um, Jesus is praying for his disciples like literally maybe minutes before his arrest. This is right before he would go to the cross and die for for our sins. He prays this prayer. It's recorded in John 17. And he states this in verse 4. And I've been fascinated by this. He says to, to the Father, he's praying, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. I love that, that, that Jesus is, is saying, I glorified you. His, the heartbeat of Jesus was to worship God, was to put the spotlight on God. That's what glorify means. It's a worship word, right? To, 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 to make everything about God is a great definition of glorify. He says, I did that by accomplishing the work that you gave me to do. And so if we look through his prayer, we might just see what his work was, what he thought about when he thought about his work. So take a look at this checklist. I thought this was amazing. As we look at that, we usually look at the prayer, which is really important. But look at in his prayer, look what what work he points to. I've manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Manifested literally just means I made you known. I made your name known. I have given them the words that you gave me. There's the teaching, right? I have been teaching the words that you gave me to my disciples. I kept them in your name. I have guarded them. So there's this beauty of his leadership that's protecting and guarding. I have given them your word again. Next slide. I have sent them into the world. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. He's talking about his unity and and knowing the depth of his love in that close relationship. And then finally, I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you love them may be in them and I in them. So those are the ways that Jesus characterized his work. Isn't that beautiful? It's the work of making disciples. It was all relational work, right? Every one of those verses had them in there. That was the topic of our sermon last week, is that we do this in relationship. So Jesus had this incredible relationship with his disciples, and he was very intentional. And here's his reason In verse 23, he says, Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them just as you love me. So the heartbeat of God is that the world would know that he was sent from the Father and that the world would know they are loved by God. And so we see Jesus' work is the work of making disciples of all nations. He he slips in the world in there, right? He has his heart on the entire world, not just the people of Israel and Jerusalem, but they would expand through them to the entire world. that's been God's purpose from Genesis. And so he, uh, he begins what begins in Jerusalem was meant to spread to Judea and then to Samaria and then to the ends of the earth. That's the commission that the Lord gave His disciples in Acts 1:8. And it's through the Holy Spirit that you will receive power to be my witnesses. So the way God does this is through his spirit. This is the way that God comes to know him, is through discipleship. And I summarized it like this. Jesus' work was to spread the knowledge of God to his disciples by making God's name known, by giving them his word, and then sending them out to do the same thing. And that's his purpose for us today. So, before we lean into good works, I want to just get practical and give a warning, right? Some of you have maybe grown up in the church, and this kind of talk makes you feel guilty, makes you, brings back feelings of like something wasn't right there. And the reason is, is that if we start talking about the work that God's called us to do, and it's not flowing out of the, an understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it's not empowered by his spirit, then we're, we're going to make a wreck of things. And so when the Apostle Paul talked about good works, he always, always talked about the gospel. It's true in our passage today, right? He came back to the gospel, and he centers there to make sure it's flowing out of that. And the, most, the best known Scripture, maybe, where where Paul talks about the gospel is Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. I remember singing it as a kid. For by grace you've been saved. Through faith, it's up on the board. It's, It's not your own doing. It's a gift from God. It's not a result of works, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So there's the gospel. It's not a result of our works. It's a gift. It's so beautiful. So with a firm understanding of the gospel of grace, which is where it begins, and some of you, maybe you're like, man, I I, I don't know if I understand that. This is where the, the Christian faith differs from every other form of religion in the world is it's not dependent upon the work you do for God. Our salvation is a free gift, and it's and, and so that allows me to be a beginner in this process. And if, so, if you're a beginner today, you have grace. You are. This is a walk of grace to figure out these things. To figure out discipleship is a walk of grace. It's according to the gospel. That's so important. So with a firm understanding of this gospel of grace, I think the church needs to get back to a robust doctrine of good works. I really believe this is where God has given us our greatest joy and purpose is in doing the good work that he has created us in Christ Jesus to do. And here's the crazy thing about that passage. Do you see it? That we are his work. And we are a work in progress. That workmanship word is a artistic word. It's what we derive the word poem from. We are God's art. We're a piece of art that is in process. We are God's workmanship. But then the beauty is that we've been created in Christ Jesus. We are a new creation. And the purpose is for good works. And I love it to realize that God saved me with those things in mind. God saved me knowing I have a unique role for Bill born in this earth that nobody else can fill. And it's true about you. God saved you with specific works in mind that you, we get to discover those things. We get to help each other discover what is the work God's called me to do. Um, for Paul, it was to be an apostle of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. He's going to say that over and over. Almost every, every letter he writes, I've been called to be an apostle. That is the way that the apostle Paul made disciples, was living out that very unique calling. And he knew that he was to take the message out of Judea and Jerusalem. As a Jew, he was to take that message to the Gentiles. And that's, that's how we see the book of Acts, is the message of God spreads to the world. And God used Paul. That's Paul's calling. And here's Bill Bourne's calling. I have been called to be the husband to, Maria, to Julie. No, nobody, none of you guys, sorry, are, have been called to that. And that's an incredible privilege. I've been called to be the father to Billy and to Maria, and to Benjamin, and to Brandon. That's my call. I was called to adoption. Not everybody's called to that ministry, but the Lord laid it on my heart when I was 21 years old. I knew that God had this in my future. And that is a beautiful thing. As I started to realize that, I think that's why I came awake to God's calling. It was in that season when I was beginning to live out that vision the Lord had given me. I was called to be a high school math teacher for nine years of my life, and they were an incredible joy to serve the Lord in in that role. I've been called to be a pastor at Trinity Church for the last 21 years. That is incredible joy, a calling that I've been given. Next, in a week and a half, I've I've sensed a call from the Lord to take a team down to Mexico to build a loft house for the Leva Urias family. That is a calling the Lord has placed on my life, and I've said, yes, I'm going to go do that, along with a number of you. You guys, this is the context where I'm called to make disciples of all nations. And that's the joy of this calling. We get the joy of discovering what these good works are that the Lord prepared beforehand for us to walk in. Every time we prayerfully discern an assignment that the Lord gives to us and say, yes. And so a number of you heard that we were doing Halloween hoopla and we needed help, and you said, yes. And that became one of the ways that you did a good work that God's going to use to bring to grow his church, to make disciples for people to come to knowledge of him. Praise the Lord. Let's keep praying for the fruit that will come out of that. Do you know that the author of Hebrews tells us why we should gather as a church? He's actually giving a warning and saying, don't neglect gathering. Look at the reason on the screen. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as some are in the habit, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near, there's an urgency that we need to be working, doing the Lord's work, because the time will run out and we'll be called home, right? That's a beauty, beautiful thing that we get to look forward to and give thanks for. So what love and good works is God stirring up in your heart today whether you're a young middle schooler or high schooler middle age you've had a brand new baby Um, maybe you're single you're a widow a widower you're in these last years of your life as a senior citizen God if you're alive and breathing God has work for you to do And I know that so many of you are living your life out and you're doing that work. And so I think that's why we're called together to encourage one another. Because sometimes the work gets hard. Sometimes it gets hard. But here's what I think, first of all, uh, what I'm sharing in this can really be explored deeper in our Discover God's Design course. It's one of our next steps at Trinity is dive in to really discover what is the work that I've been created in Christ Jesus to do. And so be looking for that. We try to schedule those a handful of times throughout the year. And um, this really captures our purposes over here that your calling is to influence your role with Jesus, right? And that you're designed with a role in mind. That's that's what we're talking about, branch four of discipleship. But what I want to do now is just spend some time delighting in what is the work that God has called us to do And here's what God teaches us in his word about good works. Rather than an occasional event in our lives, and there are occasional events where God puts something on our hearts or puts a need out there, and we need to say, yep, that's something I need to fill. But most of the time, everything we do, every minute of our days should be spent doing these good works in order to make disciples of all nations. That in the background of our heart's desire needs to be this desire for the Lord to be known, for his word to be known, for the people that we are doing life with to to be worshipers, to actually join us in glorifying God by doing his work together. That has to be every minute of our lives. So students, you are students That is your main calling right now, and that's how you do this, is by waking up and doing and honoring the Lord by being a student. And and that's true for every one of our lives. So I want you to be thinking right now, what what are the roles God has given me right now? Because this is where it all begins. One of my life verses is from 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. And... Um, my mentor, Jeff Lewis, summarized it like this, the gospel liberates us from living for self. The gospel liberates us from living for self. And I think that's where this whole everything comes from is we get derailed because when we're in the domain of darkness, everything's about me. And I can do good, good works for Christ so that I'm not saying that we are deplete of goodness, right? God's beautiful image is in every person he's ever made but it's going to come down to a struggle in my life and that struggle of sin is self so god delivers us from the uh from the um he liberates us from living for self so here it is for the love of christ controls us I love the word in some of your translation, compels us. The love of Christ compels us because we've concluded this. Here's the gospel. One died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all so that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. If I had to pick a life verse, that's my life verse. My life is to live for him because he died for me, and I've died to self. That's the branch three of our discipleship. And now my life is all for Jesus. That's my intention. I don't do it perfectly all the time, but that's my intention. So here are some three good works that we're going to go through, and then uh, we're going to worship with one last song. Obedience is a good work. So you want to know what should I wake up and do today? obedience. Live out the the word of God, the things that he has called you to. Do you remember in our great commission that the second, the first half is baptize, right? The second half is teach them to obey all I've commanded. So as we learn what God has commanded and we obey that, that is a good work. And the reason that I say that is because the very first time we have Jesus mentioning good works is in the Sermon on the Mount, right? He's just had the Beatitudes and he said, here's what believers, my disciples are supposed to be like this. And then he's going to spend two chapters teaching. And here it is, Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So our good works are this demonstration. It really is this witness to the world that will draw people to become worshipers of God. Isn't that beautiful? So we do good works through our obedience. And the apo- uh, James, the Apostle James, is the brother of Jesus. He, he, he anchored onto this, right? And he said that uh, we should be doers of the word and not merely hearers. That's obedience, right? We need to do the things that Jesus has called us to do. And then probably one of the more well-known verses on works is by the Apostle James also, in James 2, 14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but doesn't have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and looking for daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm, and be filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And so this teaching is calling for obedience to the Lord's command to love our neighbor as ourselves, right? He's saying, if you don't obey that command, then you probably should question whether your faith is alive. And so James kind of nails us on that. So... I often think that when you're in a home group, and I am so privileged to be with the Strums who are leading worship today, that we should spend the bulk of our time trying to figure out how to obey God's word, not how to interpret God's word. Hopefully that's help. there's help in that in the sermon. We really need to spend our time being like, how is this going in my life? Not good. I need help and then helping one another, and praying, and asking God to bear fruit, the fruit of obedience. So just a thought. Secondly, stewardship is good work. So obedience is good work that we're called to every moment of every day. Stewardship is good work. And stewardship really is a part of obedience, right? Jesus taught at the end of his life when he said, hey, what are you supposed to do between the time that I've, you've come to faith and the time that I return, To take you to heaven with me, what do you do? He said, You need to have the mindset of steward. Your life is not to be an owner, but to manage what I've given you. And so I love this idea of stewardship. Luke 14 taught us that disciples renounce all that they have. And the reason is because all that we have comes from God. That was our verse, our giving verse today. And it's for Him. And so we live with this sense of everything that I have is for him. And here's the beauty, you guys, is that what I have to steward is very different than what God has given you to steward. So God calls to faithfulness in whatever he's given us. So I have different responsibilities to family and to work and to ministry. I have different gifts that God has given me through his Holy Spirit. I have different talents that he, he gave me that I can develop and use for him. I need to manage my time differently based on those things. I need to manage my money. God has given us different levels of financial ability to make money, but we're all called to manage it for his glory. Caring for things, right? I take care of the things God's given to me, my cars, my house, because they're not mine. They belong to him. And so I want to make them last as long as possible. (laughs) Please, Lord, help my Prius. Okay. Um, (laughs) um, Every activity of my life can and should be considered stewardship. Every relationship, everything. If it's for him and I'm a manager, then that's how I please him, right, is by being a good manager. And he empowers me in that. Um, I'm going to skip the verse, but... But um, Paul talks about stewardship with generous giving, doesn't he? And I think what he calls us to is generous living. But I want to bring us to the last one, because this one really encapsulates encapsulates everything, is that service is a good work. Service is a good work. So obedience, I wake up every day, I, I can make that choice to honor the Lord with obedience. I, I wake up every day with responsibilities. I'm going to be a good steward. And then third, I have to wake up with the mindset of, I am a servant. I'm the Lord's servant. Do you guys know that every one of the apostles called themselves, I am a servant of the Lord. You look at the beginning of all of their letters somewhere, you know, when Paul writes so many, sometimes he didn't do it in every one. But every apostle that wrote it, One of the books of the Bible said, I am the servant of the Lord. And the word that they used is actually stronger in meaning. It's the word doulos in Greek, and it means I am a slave of the Lord. And in our culture, in the English-speaking world, that word carries with it some really bad baggage because of the evils that were done under the name of slavery. And so, rightly so, the translators of our Bibles took that Greek word and and translated servant, when what the original authors really wanted to say is I am a slave of the Lord. And what they're identifying is that third branch, right? Is that I have renounced everything I have to follow Jesus. He is my master and Lord. I don't own a thing. It really is this beautiful picture that, that we have. And I have one of my favorite uh, places that we see that is in um, Philippians 2. Because this is the mindset that Christ had for us. And I think that's why all the apostles just realized, I'm, I'm to be a slave of Christ. He is my Lord. And this is what he did for us. One of my life verses, you guys, since high school Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. There it is, doulos, slave, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Even death on a cross. So there's the gospel again, isn't it beautiful? That the gospel was Jesus becoming a servant of all. And he calls us to be servants as well. But I love how the apostles used this word. Somebody else used this word. We're coming into the season. When the Lord gave, sometimes he gives us tasks that we have that we do every day, we get to do. Sometimes they're hard tasks, sometimes they're great tasks. Sometimes he gives us special assignments. He gave a special assignment to Mary, right? Mary, the mother of Jesus. Do you know what she said when the angel said, hey, this is what you need to do. This is what's going to happen. Here it is. Behold, I am the servant, Dulé. I am the slave of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. That posture of Mary, the posture of the apostles, that's our posture, service is a good work. Now, there's so much that we could talk about in this today. We, we didn't really consider how am I doing in these areas. Maybe that's something between you and the Lord. How am I doing in obedience? How am I doing as a steward? How am I doing as a servant of the Lord? Really important, and that's something we can encourage one another in, And that there's grace, right? God leads us through his grace. He's not a heavy-handed, get in line. But we do want to be walking worthy of the Lord. And this is what it looks like. So in closing today, as the band come on comes back out, whenever Jesus talked about bearing fruit, he talked about prayer. Because this is not possible to do on our own strength. Not to do well and not to do completely, right? He says, ask anything in my name, and I'll do it. And it's always in the context of bearing fruit. Ask anything in my name, and I'll do it. So it all comes back to this reminder that we abide in him, right? Because fruit comes from abiding in him. If we're just trying to do it on our own, we can do good things, but they may not be eternal things. And that's what fruit always ends up being. So when we think about this call, I really think it has to be a mindset that we wake up to every day. I owe this to Steve. He always says to me, what if we woke up every day expecting God to do his work through us? What if we woke up every day with that first desire? And so the way I want to end this is with an encouragement to Trinity Church, maybe even a challenge. Maybe you wake up and that is your desire And maybe you express it to the Lord, and there's so many ways to express it to God. One of the things that I learned in seminary in my spiritual formation class is to start the very first thought when I roll over in my bed, maybe it's, darn, the alarm already went off. (laughs) So maybe it's my second thought is, this is a day that I'm going to serve the Lord. Before I start thinking of all the things I want to do, Maybe we need to start with this mindset. And so um, they taught it, and they called it the prayer of intentions. And he literally said, just as you're laying in your bed and your first thoughts are starting to wake up, just say, Lord, i want to live my life for you today. And then as he brings to mind those things that he's going to call you to do, entrust those things to him. Sometimes those are hard things. Entrust those hard situations to him. But the way that I started doing it is with Romans 12. So I want to suggest this. You can do it any way you want. I'm going to challenge Trinity Church for the month of November. Try doing this, if you don't already. For the month of November, every morning, ask the Lord that he would bear fruit through the good work that you do that day. So let's stand together. I've got a prayer for you in the notes, and there's a prayer in the screens. There's nothing special about this. It's kind of a prayer I try to pray every morning. It's based on Romans 12, another life verse, one and two. I would like to encourage you, if you feel comfortable doing this, to pray this prayer out loud, and then we'll close in worship with a song. Let's go together. Good morning, Lord. Because of your great mercy, I offer up myself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you. This is my worship to you today. Help me to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I want to discern and do your will today, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Amen.
2: Jesus you are in us and you work through us and we pray we give our lives to you alone help us to do the works you want not just what we want but what you want this week we love you in Jesus name amen you guys have a great week, and don't forget if you have a prayer request or if you had something stir in your heart and you want God to really work in you, please come forward and have some prayer. You guys have a great week.
4: I'm your yeah, Lord's servant. Yeah. Let it be according bucks. to your word. What are you talking about? I
3: need five bucks. You know what? I'll just give you um, no, I'm just giving my No, it's fine. It's fine. I just I'll want to give my credit for. For you. I'm gonna pay for you too. Much. Okay.
1: Okay. He's a for you too. A smoothie.
4: Oh, man.